but what, what do we do when you say action? <laughs> That's the problem. Okay, I'll say Jackson. You I'll have say... to be the host right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have to. Okay, all right. So I'm using have theories. That's gonna work. I'm gonna say hello and welcome to Shadows, a Criterion Collection podcast. Um, and then I'll, you know what we'll do? Okay, we, we'll go down the line. So I'll say I'm Jackson, and then we'll do Kalen, then Pierce, then Patrick. Okay. Actually, yeah. no. We'll do Patrick, then <laughs> Caleb, then Pierce. We'll go in order of <laughs> cinema authority. Sure. <laughs> when, when you say, when you, when I'm called in, I'll, I'll, I'll have something on deck to, to talk about. Okay, cool. Um, we should, okay. Should we, let's, let's, okay. First, let's talk about, okay, actually, okay. It'd be me, <laughs> me, then, then Patrick, then Pierce, and Caleb, all right? <clears throat> Dude, all right. That's just names. <laughs> And then, I, and then we're going to be like, all right, this is the first podcast. Uh, and we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah, okay. So once the names are done, we'll be like, okay, today we're going to be talking about uh, 1994's Chung Kung Express or whatever. Chung and King. then, what? It's Chung King. Chung King Express. And then, uh, and then, um, and then, uh, Wait, when, uh, we know, our, when we introduce our names, <laughs> do we do we give the blurb about ourselves then when we do that? Uh, well, I can't talk for the next, like, hour and a bit, okay? All right. Um, just say, just we'll give all our first impressions on the movie. So just, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, let's just we... do that. Let's keep it simple. And then I imagine after names. that, we'll just have a conversation. Think yeah, yeah well, first in, no, first, first intro is just going to be names. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then we'll be like... I'll be like, okay, we're going to, and then maybe I'll just do like, all right, so in this podcast, we're basically going to be uh, talking about like, I don't know. I don't really want to do an intro. It's kind of boring. Let's just like talk. Let's just start talking about movies. Yeah. I hate Wait, podcasts are we that are like rigidly structured. And, and Yeah, I, I'm with Patrick on this one. We're just going to do names and it's going to be Patrick, Pierce, Kalen. And then uh, I'm just going to go to Patrick first for the thoughts on the movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we just bounce off from there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, no cool. need for it. That's let's just easy. Just, yeah. Let's just try to flow. Like, let's not bounce, but let's just talk, and we'll just keep talking and see what happens. Let's just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All cool. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, five, the stakes could four. not be lower. <laughs> yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Shadows, the Criterion Collection podcast. Oh fuck! I fucked up already. It's the Criterion Channel. All right. Five. Four, three, two. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Criterion Channel. Fuck, it's Jazz. <laughs> you know what I was wondering is if, uh, well, obviously it doesn't matter, but I feel like if uh, an actual, an actually successful podcast uh, couldn't have that name because of copyright infringement. Really? I think could. so. I could just make it shadows. I was thinking about that for the album or the artwork that you that you made. It, it, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think too. it's gonna matter. Yeah, well, not right now. I have no plan right on now. on having anybody here. <laughs> Definitely this not right now. How about we just make this the intro sequence? This is the intro. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Uh, and, like, just keep all of us in. This is us saying hi. Now we're going to talk about movies. All right. Okay. For real. For real. For real. Everybody ready? Yep. Five. Four, three, two. Welcome to Shadows, a Criterion Channel podcast. Uh, today we have me. I'm Jackson. Oh, I am Patrick. I am Pierce. I am Kalen. Beautiful. <laughs> we're, all, we're all here. I am. And today, today we're this is about, me. This is my name. Today we're talking about <laughs> a Chung King Express. 
from uh, the golden year 1994. A lot of stuff happened that year, actually. The Blue Album, Pulp Fiction, uh, presidential election, I think. Uh, probably. It's an, uh, even, probably. an even number. Yeah. So. No, I think that was the Reagan era. No, not Reagan, not Clinton. Yeah, because Bush was 2000, so it would have been Clinton in 96. Yes, that's right. No, yeah, well, you and Patrick would know all about that. <laughs> know what happened in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can also say our ages. I'm 52. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're all. Aren't we all 99? Something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that, dude. Oh no, you guys are older. Yeah, I'm 97. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking. Uh, I'm 23. Yeah. Can we swear on this okay. podcast? Yeah. Okay. 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 Me and yeah. Patrick are 21. Um, uh, I'm 22. Okay, so I'm in the middle. I'm a sandwich. Yeah, I'm 22. I'm in the middle. No. <laughs> okay, so uh, Chunking Express. Uh, I've been hearing about this movie for years. Patrick came to came to me like, what was it? Three weeks ago. Saying it was I, great. I was watching it for uh, an exam. I was telling you that I. I had I had an exam due at, at midnight, and uh, one of the questions was about this movie, and I hadn't seen it yet, and it was like 10 p.m. So I was watching the movie while I was answering the exam question, and it made oh, it. Oh yeah, I I loved it though. I thought it was great, and that would have been like in uh, I don't know mid, early December. So yeah, the, like a, a while ago. It's cool, man. Yeah, it's so sweet. Um, so yeah, so I just finished it like a half hour ago. Um, so why don't we go to you? I mean, cause you, you knew about it first. Uh, so like, what did you think about it in, you know, yeah. I, I love it. I, I, I want to know what you think of it. Cause I already told you that I love it. Um, and, uh, I want to know before I tell you why I like it, I want to know if you liked it or didn't like it for the same. I did reasons. like it. Okay. I, I dug it. So you, you I dug talked what about it. Was it. Doing. Okay. I dug what it was doing. I, 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 it was. I mean, the narr- I, I wish there were more stories almost mm. because I didn't think the second story actually. I thought it dragged, which I was fine with. Like honestly, I was on my phone and stuff, <laughs> so I was kind of, I was kind of like just in the vibe of it, um, and I like the vibe of it. it. It's not that after the weird shit with the cop, which that's what I want to talk about more because I think that to me was the most interesting part of the movie. The first, I don't know, for like half hour or so. Um, the once we get to the dude at the at the like food vendor thing, I thought that was less interesting. He's also a cop, though, wasn't he? Um, was he also? Yeah, he, he, also he was the uniformed. Yeah, he was also a cop. The main guys are cops, um, I think. Yeah, even though the first guy seemed like he was thirteen years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. So I, 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 it felt to me like somebody had made this movie who had seen way too many movies in his life and had no other conception of reality. That's what the first, especially the first half hour, because there's a, there's a, okay. So there's the guy who's the police officer, but he's, when he's wearing like a detective's trench coat, like from Blade Runner or something. And he, but his problems in life are like from a John Hughes movie. It like, he could, <laughs> he had the mind of like a 16 year old kid who's like randomly heartbroken. Yeah. Um, like he's just not, he's like 25, but he's just like not at all an adult. And also his actual cop life just is just like two, uh, like chases in the middle of an alley. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, but it was cool. Like, I love that. Like, obviously it was really stylized and it just felt like ridiculous and unreal. And also so like hyper American to like ex- the most extreme right. extent. Yeah. Um, I dug that. I had a lot of fun with that. I thought the writing was was, was pretty good. The acting was pretty good. Um, I was into it. It had a good, like, it had a really good vibe. 
and it had it, it, it will it stick with me as like a story probably not um but i i dug the technique i like that like weird like like i don't know if they slowed down the frames for those chase shots i like that yeah and i love the music there's like there's a there's there, there's a korean version of a cranberry song and yeah. a korean version of yeah that's definitely i and, think that's uh, the best well there's yeah. a lot of individual <laughs> moments in this movie where I'm like, that that's great. Like like one or two minutes or just one shot that I think is great. I almost said that that's the best uh, sequence in the film, but there's others that I think are great. When he's in the um, when he's in the fast food shop, the the second story, and he's just sipping a, a his black coffee near the counter, and the uh, the girl is there. I, I actually forget her name. Um, and uh, it's in slow motion. That the kind of I, I forget. I know I read about this when I was trying to write an exam about it. Uh, the the type of uh, shot where the uh, the foreground is in is in uh, fast forward essentially, and the background's in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they're how he's accomplishing that. Wong Kar Wai is getting that effect, but I just thought that was like the way it kind of mimics. I think this movie does a really good job of like communicating urban time or. Um, I don't know if that that's too pretentious but like the a moment of innocent uh connection in that fast food shop and kind of contrasting that with the speed of urban life walking through streets in, in fast forward i just thought that kind of contrast uh was was beautiful and well done yeah pierce what did you think yeah i thought it was a. Uh like everything all around pretty excellent as far as the viewing experience went like um one thing that definitely hit me after watching the film is that it felt pretty timeless as well like it didn't really feel so much like a a 94 film i would say other than those like action sequences where they slow the frames down i'd say that was like the most really 90s thing about it but um yeah that was yeah yeah for sure but i still think it was very effective in like what those scenes were trying to communicate and uh and especially the use of like music throughout the film and and how it kind of intertwines with the story as well i i really liked but um and i think this is kind of a common theme between a few of us is that like story-wise there's not a whole lot to get out of it um i'm probably going to steal what kalen was going to say because he said it to me earlier (laughs) but he's basically said like the movie feels more like a statement more than like a cohesive story and um And yeah, that yeah, I really that felt that way about it. And I think that's, you could say that when it comes to like everything, whether it's the, uh, the, the content of the film and, and even that it was made, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I thought it was extremely well done for what it was trying to be. But again, like storytelling wise, it was, yeah, a little, little weird. Yeah, I agree. All right, Kalen. I agree. Like that, that's what I thought too, when I watched it, um, Felt like a statement on a connection than like a coherent story to me and i agree as well it did kind of feel timeless when i was watching it too like it just the way it kind of flowed and everything i kind of felt like ah <laughs> uh, but yeah no it was it was a good experience i enjoyed watching it interesting characters um and uh yeah 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 it was, it was so good. okay i i don't think i understand actually what happened mm-hmm. so let's just go to the first story yeah. first okay so there's that girl who's the uh who's the, I don't know, she's a yeah. drug dealer, right? She's yeah, smuggling. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it seems like that, yeah, yeah. So they, so he goes, he goes, uh, I I ran past this girl for like 0.02 seconds or whatever that was. And then he's like, little did I know, two, two days later, we'd be yeah, in yeah, love yeah. or something. Didn't he and say then, that But was... the extent, 
Sorry, did, didn't, yeah, didn't, no, he, keep going. Did, didn't he say that that was the closest he ever yeah, got yeah. to her? Yeah, yeah, 0.01 centimeters. <laughs> and then when they were at the bar, yeah. he, like, she leaned on his shoulder, yeah. which <laughs> yeah, yeah. wasn't true. So this is, this is that, yeah, I, okay. <laughs> A lot of the things that happen like, in this movie are, um, yeah, essentially make no sense. I think um, the story of the movie is interesting. This is a bit of a detour, but I think it'll serve to maybe <laughs> clarify. At least this is how I clarified it. So the director was making another movie um, at the time, like a, what's it called? Ashes to Ashes, I think. And uh, and that movie was really, it was like a historical epic. It was very demanding. And then I think halfway through producing or shooting that movie, he just decided to to take a break and make this movie. So they made it really fast. And it was kind of just cobbled together. I feel like that's obvious when yeah, <laughs> it's I, obvious. That's... And I think it's part of its charm and it's part of why I think it's great. But also I think it explains why things like that, certain lines just, just completely uh, make no sense. Was it meant to be two part like well, that? Yeah, because like it actually it sunk in for me like way after I watched the film that it was a two part story. I was literally like wondering throughout the entire second part, like, oh, what happened to the other characters? But then I realized that. <laughs> well, what it what it feels like is that he's the movie's setting up this love story between the cop and the drug dealer. Because that I mean that's I like, like such a trope. The beginning of this movie is such a like noirish, like like rip off parody. Yeah, that, that is what feels it feels like. like. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. It felt it literally felt to me like a like a fifteen year old made it in the best way. Like it felt like it was like the everything about it is what a fifteen year old would want to make a movie about. It's like there's like a cop and he's chasing bad guys and he's got like girl problems and he's like hopelessly heartbroken and pathetic. Um and it's like those two plot lines make sense only in like a ridiculous comic world. I and I love that part of Can it. Can we talk about that for um, a second? What was weird about it? Yeah, 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 because yeah. it was really interesting, the whole May 1st thing that was going on there, and that he was only seeing girls named May, and that that girl May was going to come back on a certain date, and if she didn't, then, like, he would, like, have nothing to do with her or something. Then at the end of the film, like, they made a reference that, that May was coming back from the restaurant. The dude in the restaurant was like, oh, yeah, May's coming back, like, pretty soon to that guy in the other story. So there was, like, a connection there. It was just very, like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys remember that, but... That's cool. I mean, I, I I dig when like stuff like different stories in a in like one piece kind of intertwine like that. Yeah. But what I was expecting to happen was that all first of all that, that they would connect, which they didn't, which I think is cool. But also that um, that this love story between the drug dealer and the cop would like become a plot point, and it didn't really. She just slept at his house, yeah. right? And then it, then that story was that over. was surprising. I thought it was going to continue more as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, but instead it kind of took a detour. Or not a detour, it's like it a completely different story almost. But it didn't feel like it was even setting up for the second part. It just felt like that story kind of had its conclusion. And I feel like the first story actually did conclude in a sense. Because he met that girl yeah. and then he kind of he, he kind of came to a decision inside of himself about what to do to move forward when she left. After she wished him happy birthday on the um, on the phone. Uh, or like on the page of it that they used. Um and it kind of seemed to close that arc in his life when it ended. So in a sense, you could kind of say that story kind of ended for him specifically. And then it kind of moved on to something else. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. That seems to make some sense. Yeah, I, I think, like, I actually like that it's it's weird and disjointed. 
I dug that. I was kind of like, that's why I guess the, the thing that I wish the movie was, was like a kind of like, um, God, there's a movie like this that is some, it, it, almost like Magnolia-esque, where it's just like a whole bunch of different shit. I mean, I love like, if the movie was a bunch of start points for stories, because that's the first one was like the first act of a normal movie. Um, if like it was like a ton of different first acts of movies, I think that would have been sick, especially in that like highly stylized thing. And obviously the movie cares more about style than yeah. plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, that's yeah, it doesn't have a coherent story really. I mean, it does, but it's not about the story. It's about the connections between the people. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what do we think about the second story? Because the second story, well, first of all, I think there were multiple women yeah. in it that I was sort of confused. And I wasn't because there were, were yeah, there well, there was two? the flight attendant, and then obviously the main the main one yeah there was the flight attendant there was the main woman at the shop there was is the flight attendant the woman of long hair that he met yeah Yeah. on the second story that's okay in the store yeah 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 yeah. and then there was that that uh man i don't even know if that's part of the first one or not i guess they're just side characters though the like um uh caucasian guy and that other girl that got killed by that uh girl that's the first story yeah oh yeah that that yeah yeah okay that's the first story (laughs) That didn't... Oh yeah, then she fucking yeah, murders exactly. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. When did yeah, that? She just... what, what well, because she's a part of that whole drug <laughs> thing, yeah. right? So yeah, it was an yeah, operation but, gone wrong. Why, okay, so yeah, it was right when she took that. She took the the daughter, right? So she takes the daughter as like a plea yeah. for this guy to find info, and then the guy goes, and then the, what? She returns the daughter because she yeah, realizes exactly, the guy yeah. has no info, right? And then she killed. Well, she, she killed, killed the. Um, Wait one second. Well, the white guy actually like fucked up her operation, so that's that's why she killed him. Didn't didn't? Oh, okay. Didn't he give her information? You just didn't see it. I thought the understanding mm. was that uh, she was asking him for information, and the reason he he just walked in and got her. I don't think he just found her. I think that he gave her right. information because what she said after that happened was that oh, uh, some people care about money more than their own daughter or whatever, right? uh than their own child and they would keep the money as opposed to you know giving up their child um and there would be no point to mention that if he just she just told him where she was because she wouldn't have gotten nothing out of it it wouldn't make any sense so so to okay so to basically the point of everything we've been saying so far i'm looking at the trivia right now on imdb and it says uh since chunking express was filmed in sequence or like a road movie as wong kar wai said Wong wrote each scene either the night before or the morning of the day of filming. Which sounds about right. <laughs> sounds, Which I think is well, cool. Well, it's like, like, it's like kind of that. like a Godard movie in the 90s, except it's it's like, yeah, well, it's, it's six, Godard. 60s Godard, and then it's it's a lot more, um, I don't know, it's less snarky. It, it actually seems to care about people and um, isn't taking itself that seriously. I, hmm. I, it definitely isn't taking itself so seriously, but I think it has. I mean, I always saw playfulness in, in guitar. Um, and there's like, def, I mean, this movie is like totally playful. And also, yeah, it doesn't really care about making sense. But it's also serious. I mean, I feel like it wants you to take its style seriously. I mean, when you have like like the technical stuff with the with the like mm-hmm. chase scenes, those were kind of longish. Um I mean that could that could definitely be accused of like pretension, but I think it's chill. Like I think I think I think it went on. It was just cool. It was cool to see like um, 
then like really into, lean into like uh yeah like weird style like that like you were saying you were saying something really interesting which was that this movie there's like a modernity to this movie that most in modern independent yeah that's what i all. that's what i initially loved about this movie but i find it hard to <laughs> articulate sometimes but i find this movie to be really um it just feels more fresh than a lot of things that i feel like i see at least in, i don't really i haven't watched a lot of movies coming out recently but just the like indie pop uh a twenty four movie. Well, because Pierce watched okay, in the so past few years, this feels a lot. I told Pierce to see Lady yeah. Bird, and neither of us. Well, okay, P- P- what did you think of? Because I'm, I'm. This is an interesting conversation because so many modern movies don't feel like this at all. They just feel like they're like quote unquote honest or quote unquote like humble. Lady Bird's the perfect example of that, or like a Noah Baumbach movie, and um, that's basically the bulk of what you get with modern indie filmmaking. So I told Pierce to see Lady Bird. Um, I don't think I watched it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's probably why I don't remember. It's about about the okay. Listen, this is it's about a girl who's like got red hair, and she she like breaks her arm. She's got a mom. It's a whole story with the mom. Yeah, like, I gotta school. tell you, I actually have a vivid memory of having gone to watch that movie and I left in, like, a half hour because I had to, like, deal with some shit. But, yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think I watched that movie. <laughs> um, well, I, I I I saw it, like, twice. And I think, Patrick, you saw it a couple yeah, times, right? Yeah, every time I watched it, I liked it a little bit less. Oh, yeah. That's what I had with it, too. And I like, I, I before I liked the idea of, like, a movie that was boring kind of purposefully. And as I saw it more and more, even thought about it more and more, I just got really bored of that. Like bored of the idea of like boredom for its own sake. Yeah, that sounds boring. (laughs) 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 Well, but because this is actually, this is actually an interesting conversation because you told me, Kalen, like, like a couple weeks ago that you can't even listen to stuff like Billie Eilish anymore like the stuff the music that's like so minimal yeah, it's like um, it's, that it's like the point of it is minimal right? yeah but the weird thing about it is that i almost feel like it's a trap of some sort it's like it's designed to be catchy but it's like i, I don't feel like there's any like soul or like yeah. value inserted into it it just feels like it's designed to create money to generate revenue yeah. that's what it feels like and so it's like it sounds really catchy but it's like that's all it is man it's just catchy that's it it's only catchy like i i wouldn't attribute much more value to a lot of uh the songs so like and then again i'm not going to pretend like i listen to them in depth so i don't really have a a uh, critical analysis of it um but uh yeah it's just i i avoid that stuff when i can i suppose because of that it just feels like um it doesn't feel genuine to me coming i think i coming back to to ladybird and those like I can think about Moonlight and stuff, and, and some of those movies which are great. I think Moonlight's a great. Well, I, think I give great. I give Moonlight. But I, 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 yeah, I give Moonlight a pass. There yeah, yeah, I, that, I'm not done. I'm not Moonlight done. Moonlight was really done. good. I think the 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 movies okay. coming out, at least for the most part, it seems, are really focused on telling earnest human stories, just like storytelling about people and and maybe people's perspective that have been neglected neglected in film. And I think there's something really valuable about that but i think i'm just kind of bored a lot of the time because i don't know if it's treading new ground um film wise or in, in a stylistic way well why do they have to be separate that's the thing with me of why why does a human story have to look like shit 
and be like, you know, have like acoustic guitar on the soundtrack and be about like a teenage girl and her like identity issues, you know, like that. We're seeing so much of that. And I listen, all my favorite fucking like movies are about teenage girls with identity <laughs> issues. I love that. But why, why does, why do human stories have to be, um, humble well, exactly. I think that's the way to point away, I would think. I think. I guess. Well, <laughs> well that's person. what most people are in reality, to be honest. <laughs> so I guess, I think, like, we draw to these types of stories because, yeah, like, we could directly kind of relate to People want stuff to relate to. Yeah, exactly. I had a note while watching this movie, and I wrote, <laughs> uh, I wrote something about, like, it's really unnatural, a lot of it, that just the behavior of, of the characters, uh, it's just, it can't even be explained. But in a way, the, the fact that it's so unnatural, somehow I think it expresses human emotion better than... Um, storytelling that was more grounded in in things that might or might not actually happen. Like it, it's so expressive, it's so stylized. I think in and I think this is not this is not a new thought, but I think the style of a film can tell you a lot more than the content of yep. you know the story. And I, I like... absolutely think that yes. applies to yes. the film that we watch. I think yeah, that's right on point. I think like the humanity in it is is it's I mean this is obviously such a French new wavy flick, and I don't think I've shown Pearson Kale. Have you guys have I shown you guys like like uh, any French new wavy stuff? No, like did I, I show you so. Breathless? No, 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 I don't think so. No. One, okay, once you start watching those movies, you realize how much of like Tarantino and like really any modern yep. stylistic movie like this is completely indebted to all everything basically in like France. I directly like felt that with Chunking Express, seeing some of like the similarities in terms of style right. uh, between Tarantino and yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, Tarantino actually, um, so I looked up the IMDb trivia and Tarantino apparently started his own distribution wing of Miramax just so he could distribute Damn. this movie internationally. Um, and this move, first of all, also, do you guys see the opening font? Is the same opening font it... from Pulp Fiction? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, it's maybe not Pulp Fiction, but definitely yeah. one of the Tarantino flicks. Um, and I think it comes from like old Sierra, not Sierra Leone. <laughs> What's the fucking filmmaker? Uh, Leone. Oh, Sergio. Um, Sergio Leone. Yeah, I think it's like or, or one of those old. Uh, Western, or maybe it was maybe an old French, or it, it looks like Italian guy. But anyway, this is obviously a movie that like is yeah. in love with cinema. Um, and like in you know stuff like German Expressionism or the French New Wave, like that stuff is human. That's what like when you watch like even the just like the silly like like teenage heartbreak stuff in this movie, um, I love. Like I, I thought it was really cute, and it was hilarious that he was like wearing like a detective garb. And, like, pretending he was, like, an adult who chases down bad guys, but is also, like, you know... And I love the dude, the dude uh, in the second story who's, like, talking to his friends. Yeah, I love that one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Using incredible. the witness as a metaphor awesome. for sadness, and, yeah, it was, it was touching. Yeah, I think... Uh, oh, shit, what was I going to say? Man, I'm so bad at talking sometimes. Fucking hate this. Yeah, you say. Same man. I, it's I know okay. You, I don't want I this to be feel. like formal. I don't. I don't want this to be. Yeah. like, We actually have to think. Well, I'm definitely. Oh, I remember. I, I remember what I was like, gonna say. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the character's so pathetic. He's so pathetic. Like you know, aching heart, broken heart, whiny, 
but like yeah. that's what being a person is you know yeah that's what it feels yeah, like to be a person shit. and it's yeah, ridiculous yeah. to watch but i think it's it does a more job a better job being honest than like stories where people aren't like that because i think that i mean maybe it's just me but i think we're all kind well, of that's pathetic. the thing with ladybird <laughs> yeah really, totally I, i'm uh, yes absolutely i really related to but this talking yeah. to like talking to like his seat's furniture and stuff i'm like man i do that all the time yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like i do that like i always talk to myself i probably talk to myself more than i talk to anyone else like it's how i sort out my thoughts if i just think it it doesn't work when i say it out loud i'm actually able to like sort things out so i related to that yeah the focus on objects i Do you... uh i think that that's something the movie does really well too um actually yeah i had a note here just the 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 recurring objects for some reason i just love recurring themes in films like when so i like coen, coen brothers movies a lot like when you have an object or a song or a moment that happens again and again and again for some reason i just find it like very um satisfying and so the recurring uh like pineapple cans the the coca-cola that's like <clears throat> something we can just talk about on its own yeah. i don't know if it's in de- it's just um it's fondness for yeah, America so or like American iconography, but and maybe that's why it feels modern to me. But I think w- another reason I love this movie is that I think um, you know mod- modernity is shit in a lot of ways, and like city life is shit, and uh, and and parts of capitalism are awful. But I think the movie doesn't shy away from finding the beauty in that stuff. You know, like it finds the beauty in a can of Coke and expired food. Like it uses the, I don't know, a metaphor of thing, like throwaway capitalism or I forget the actual term, but just the fact that we have food that just has a fake expiry date and then we can't eat it anymore. (laughs) It uses that in a really productive way and and it makes a kind of a moving point out of it. That's another thing I love about the movie. Yeah, it's able to like really make touching moments out of things that you never would think they that could be pulled off you know like the expired cans and pineapple yeah yeah, yeah. It, that was really sweet i mean it reminds me of something like i don't know something like punch drunk love like you see that but when you have like idiosyncratic characters like that who are just the movie takes a stylistic like weird almost like cartoonish yeah look at its characters but it's real like that's how that's how people are and there was one other thing i wanted to say which is that i think you're right i think i mean when i saw the coke stuff and the brand stuff yeah it screams 90s and it screams it's like something like train spot i think there was a ton of brands that like train spot and boogie nights but the fact is like our lives now are so dominated by brands and logos and like our brand choices that that shine away from that stuff actually just makes your movie or whatever you're exactly. making a hell of a lot blander. Yeah. Like you, like, yeah, it's kind of like it's it's in vogue now to call any like postmodern thing like pretentious or you know or like empty. But man, there was so much more going on. Even like in a lot of the stuff I see that like is like called like pretentious by everybody. It's just way it ends up being way more interesting. I think people people are people want simpler stuff or like more like traditional stuff. Like we've been talking about Patrick, like all the you know all the like boring like <laughs> movies about people on farms and stuff, and like music that's like basically like country music or something or like like a, his girl on her acoustic guitar and stuff. People want that, but it, it it's it, it's just like like driver's license that song that came out this week. 
with the girl but it was bad it was boring Really? It's the number one song in the world. What? Yeah, it's very true. Sure. Hey, you can look it up. It's, <laughs> you know, oh we believe, uh, since we're evidently like waging a war against yeah. bad art. Driver's license lyrics. I got my driver's license last week, just like we always talked about, because you were so excited for it, <laughs> to finally drive up to your house. But today, <laughs> today I drove through the suburbs crying because you weren't around. And you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt hey. she's so much older than me. Oh. She's everything I'm insecure about. Yeah, today I drove through the suburbs because how could yeah, I ever love that, someone else? Yeah, it's, not it's terrible, actually really I guess, hot. I don't okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible, I guess. Either. <laughs> uh. Well, there's obviously, I, I listen, there's no expectation of like mainstream art to be good. But what's interesting is that this shit's simple as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like, all the main stuff coming out now, it's not like, you know, like it's not. It's just not nothing, weird. Yeah, <laughs> weird. It's just not. Yes, weird. that's right. That's right. Like this is America was the last. Well, like what? That was big. Right. It's fucking weird, not man. Weird. It's just about vaginas. It's... Well, I don't know. They no, explore sex themes that? that I'm absolutely not accustomed to hearing, like in in mainstream music, like at all. Um, yeah, dude. Name even I one know? song where it's like, unless you know, I guess like Nicki Minaj. What about like, like, um, bro? What? My like, neck, my back. Like a virgin. That's not the name of the song. You know that song. But no, like still, like I really think they they like broke yeah, boundaries on oh, that track. Like that at least me. Yeah, like, I fuck with that song. Yeah. Wait, was it? I, I, I fuck with that so, song, man. but didn't um didn't like was it number one song on uh Pitchfork's number one? It yeah, was. That's crazy. hilarious. Maybe yeah, it, it should be. I don't know what pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it should though. No, it you know? shouldn't. Well, why? Maybe it deserves to be number one. On... Like she literally, part. like you know, I, I, I don't want to say it on the air, but <laughs> do Dude, it. All right, I'm gonna pull up the lyrics <laughs> for "Like a Virgin" by Madonna. No, like oh wait, she was like 1984. Yeah, really "Like not. a Virgin's really not, man. Like not even close in comparison to the last. I, I can tell you the last lyrics of "Like a Virgin," and it's. I don't know. I guess, man. Can I give you? A... Yeah. Well, I mean, it's more euphemistic, <laughs> yeah, right? But it's just Wop's just saying out loud, dude. Like, I swear, like, like what was like, like quote unquote, I hear like, like eat my pussy in that song, and I've never heard that in the song. <laughs> really? Like, I really don't think I have. I like, feel, you know, yeah, I feel like, like I've mainstream, heard that like hundred, three hundred million views, kind of deal. Not really. It's getting more common now. Yeah, a lot of these but, newer artists, yeah. Know, man. Like it's getting more common. Like people just being. But, but now I feel like yeah. like now very, I feel like we're contradicting ourselves because we were just talking about like how we're transitioning to simplicity. But this, in my mind, is absolutely not that. <laughs> I'm... Yeah, but I don't. Think, I think music. I don't think a... this is sorry. I'm, like I'm to me, <laughs> this is the same. I think music. No, it's okay. I, I, I don't give a shit. Music and film are, are taking really different trajectories right now. I mean, I'm not an expert in any regard. Really? I don't think, I think so. so. I don't see sex as, as as weird. I don't see that song as weird. Well, it's it's not weird. Well, it, it just rap, takes a lot less and and takes a lot less capital to make a song. So there's a lot more weird shit out there because any person can just make a song. But it takes a lot more effort to, and money to make a movie. So the movie is just dominated yeah, by industry. Weird. And like, yeah, that's the problem. I think the problem is industry because these indie movies, they're I don't know. I, I feel like I was just exploring film for the first time. 
a few years ago. And so everything was fresh and new and, and maybe, but I think after even just watching it for a few years, I was like, Oh, all of these movies are the same. Clearly they know, they know their audience. They know yeah. the demographic. They know how to put these indie darling movies together and they're just doing it and it's easy and it's fine. And some of them are telling valuable stories, but I mean, when I watch a movie like this, it feels um, a lot more unpredictable than than most of the shit I see, which is, and and I wish we saw more like that. To me, the last movie, well, there are movies like that do it, but the one that sticks out to me is maybe like Good Time or like The Lighthouse was pretty good. Well, I'd agree. I think the I think the sap. Yeah, I I think they're like the best. The I mean, I know you hate it on Cut Gems, but right. Okay, yeah, cool, but still, cool, cool. I still feel that way. Well, anyways, uh, getting back to the actual film, um, I thought one of the most interesting parts about it in the second part was how, um, I forget her name, but the girl, in the, the main girl in the second part kept going inside that mm-hmm. dude's house when he didn't know and, like, kept <laughs> sifting around stuff and kind of, like, buying fish and, like, messing around with, like, different things. And then he'd, she'd always, like, evacuate before she came back. And she wore those, like, glove things so that, like, he protection, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't know, but... Yeah, I, I, at first I thought I didn't know it was happening. I'm like, oh, maybe he knows she's doing that because he thought that she was hiding yeah, in that exactly. drawer that one time. Right when it came home, he's like, oh, go come out, good count of three, and then she didn't come out. Then she was hiding. Then she left. So I thought he knew, but then he yeah, it's know, it's pretty weird. That was someone else. Kinda, like, <laughs> yeah, they illustrate weird. that like he's used to her like always showing up at his house. But I was under the impression that this was like a new romance that was unfolding not something that he was accustomed to. So that definitely threw me off a little bit too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then, and then when she noticed that there was another girl's hair in his bed, I'm pretty sure she's the one who flooded his place when Mm -hmm. she figured that out. She did not. I didn't think about that, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely an interesting. Yeah. That whole sequence is very um, dreamlike and uh, it doesn't, it feels surreal in, in a, in a way. Yeah. Then when she sees the girl and she like pulls her hair, it's like, oh, you have such a nice long hair. <laughs> oh, like, oh, right, right. Yeah, I didn't crazy. realize Did that yeah. stuff, but yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then like his. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because actually, that's, I was wondering about that too, but yeah. I think you, I think oh, you're yeah. right. I think that's that's. Yeah. 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 It all makes sense. It's you know. Yes. Yeah, uh, great film, yeah. man. I'm actually looking up like other stuff he made. He made a movie. Uh, wait. I've heard of In the Mood of Love a lot. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. Mood for Love. Yeah, the California Dreamin', obviously. That song plays a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is an, which I love. The, I, something. Does anyone else feel this way? Tell me if I'm the only one who just. The mere fact of repetition is something that I really like. Well, it definitely interwoven to the story. Like, like, it wasn't at all for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? If it was kind of just abusive, I probably would feel differently. But I think it was used well and productively. Yeah, there's a lot of repetition, too. There's the the, the song that plays out of the jukebox at the bar. Yeah. There's uh, the, obviously the fast food restaurant. It's just like a location that repeats. Oh, and the airplane like playing with the airplane and flying yeah, that they, around. There's just a, and I think it, it's kind of about how um, different situations take up the recurring motifs and like how they come to stand for different things or different uh, characters use them in different ways. Um, maybe that makes them more significant because it's 
this movie is a lot about connection, obviously. And I think when you have objects and songs um, going through space and time and being taken up by different characters, I think it shows you the hidden connections. Yeah. And for some reason, I always feel like this movie ties back to living in a city or just city life and the the experiences and the things that we all share with each other that maybe we don't share uh, in the same spaces at the same times exactly, but that do kind of go through time and space to the link uh, us. I don't know if that's corny, but I think the movie is corny and that's what that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And uh, one thing that also I told Kaylin earlier that occurred to me is I swear, like, the fast food restaurant owner is, like, the only consistent character, like, throughout the entire movie. And he was also, like, kind of the beacon of wisdom as well. So I really appreciated that character, too. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, I agree. It had, like, the actors all seemed really into the concept. Like, everybody's kind of, like, really like it, everybody felt like a like a caricature in the best way i mean to me mm-hmm. like really very much like in like traditional french new wave stuff where it's just like uh you know like a character's like tra- like i'm thinking about like breathless patrick where their their costumes are like so ridiculous that it actually just makes their <laughs> characters in the whole scene just so much better because you don't feel like you have to take them seriously even yeah. though they feel like kind of like alive i didn't even feel way. like it was acting at sometimes like when when the main dude of the first story was on the phone just talking on the phone like i it just looked like some dude talking on the phone to me because like in in uh where, where's the film take place hong kong hong, uh, yeah. hong kong or something hong kong yeah because like if i just saw if i was in hong kong and i saw someone talking on the phone like that i wouldn't think they were acting like it seemed natural to me like the expressions and like everything it yeah, did, like, yeah. It just seemed normal like uh so i guess it's really good acting. <laughs> yeah i thought that was cool okay yeah um no sorry i don't actually have anything to say. <laughs> but i'm looking up sexually explicit songs for history And, uh, okay, we got th- the dirtiest Hot 100 songs of all time. They're number one. Okay, yeah, these are pretty tame. Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Um, <laughs> My Dingling by Chuck Berry. That's, you know. Is that actually Is that like the My Dingling from The Simpsons? By Chuck Berry, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who has Chuck the most Bear, yeah. um, F words, or maybe not even F words? Do you know who has the most curse words said in cinema history on screen? Hmm. It's an interesting. Just, okay, well, uh, what? No. Just. Hmm. Yeah, it's an was... actor. It's an is, actor. Is it Tarantino. I feel like that's a boring guess. Well, I mean, Samuel I guess he is an actor. Oh. <laughs> huh. Uh. Everyone make a guess. Everyone make a guess. I already is it Samuel did. Jackson? <laughs> oh. Is it, um, is it, uh, Robert? It's not. Jones? It's n- no one has said it yet. <laughs> I feel like it it's pretty obvious. I think when I tell uh, you. I would. No, it's, it's, it's someone who's. Oh, is it Al Pacino? Be, uh, mm. Relatively young today. Damn. Oh. I can't think of any. Let me think of a way of giving hints. Yeah. Okay. Uh,. In Was a pretty, um, I think in the one of the best team movies of all time. Yeah, I got nothing. Best team movies. Just team one. No, that's team. a really bad hint. Okay, it's it's Jonah Hill. Oh wow! Yeah, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. What? 
He was in Wolf of Wall Street. How the uh, super bad? What else other than Wall Street? Yeah, which I think is one of the best. Oh, movies. true. Okay, super bad. Yeah, super bad and Wolf of Wall Street alone. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Super bad. It's, for me, like the best are like Super Bad, um, The Breakfast Club. Uh, I've really been wanting to watch. I don't know. Um, this a movie super called The Last Picture Show. Have you seen that? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but that's Bogdanovich, good. right? I love uh, Bogdanovich's like personality. He did a he did an interview with uh, Talk Easy, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And he basically he was like asked if there's anybody he likes in film today, and he was like, no, not really. And they were like, what about Wes Anderson and your friend Noah Baumbach? And he was like, nah, they suck. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> and his favorite filmmaker oh, was uh, Mark, no, right? but I liked. Was, like, um, favorite, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe it's great. Rules of the game. Um, cool. So how's oh, we don't all, have to talk okay? About so how's your heart doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't want I to could, talk about my I health. Let's talk about any, everything. Who cares? I hope you're doing all right, though, man. I mean, I, I had sure? COVID. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, me too, man. Four, like uh, four months ago. But I wouldn't recommend getting Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I wouldn't yeah. imagine so. But yeah, I hope you're feeling yeah, good. Yeah, th- I, I am. I'm feeling good. It's good, man. Okay. So overall, yes. like, would we recommend this movie? Oh, yeah. I think I would. Uh, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd recommend it as well. Uh, a part of me wants to say I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but like, if they're watching this podcast, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that would make that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I I think I, I loved it as a movie like that I just put on and kind of sift in and out of, like with my attention. Because it's it, it has a sick soundtrack and just the vibe of it's good. You also can just watch it and yeah. enjoy it and not follow the plot and not miss anything. That's also true. I well, I, you know, there's some continuity things, but like they're not they're not important. They're like if you get them, you get them. If you don't, you don't really lose the experience so much. I think it has the potential to appeal to a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons as well. Like I watched it with uh, my mom actually yesterday, and she loved it, and probably for different reasons than I loved it. You know, but. Um, I think it's just, yeah, you can enjoy it for uh, a lot of different reasons. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I would yeah, recommend it. Um, it's definitely different, though, because it's uh, it's not really a movie designed to totally satisfy. It's more just about the journey throughout the two stories. Um, so it's, it's a different approach to film. And for yeah, that reason that. alone, I think I would just recommend anybody check it out. Uh, yeah, I thought it was... Thought it was pretty great. I wonder how, like, if this so this movie was distributed internationally, I wonder what the response of it would have been in '94. So that's the very beginning of, you know, of like the stylistic '90s flicks. Pulp Fiction came out that year, um, or no, sorry, it came out in '96 in Canada. It was made in '94, but it, it at least in Canada '96. I'd imagine the U.S. at the same time. Um, I think this is a movie that could probably like appeal worldwide. I mean, it didn't. It's obviously yeah. in love with the states, so it's not really doesn't feel culturally, mm. uh, you know, Chinese. Yeah, I man, I I want to see more movies like this. That I, I'm sure there are. I need a. When I watched this, I was like, how have I never watched? Like, That's I don't know I if I've ever too. watched a movie from Hong Kong before. 
I don't think I have either, but I think you're right that like, because when I think of er- like early 2000s flicks, like the Matrix movies or the Wachowskis movies, I don't like the Wachowskis, but I admire what they do. And I admire their early like 2000s flicks, like the Matrix and even Speed Racer, because they're fucking weird. <laughs> and like now, like as much as I like the the uh, MCU superhero movies, um, they're incredibly yeah. boring style wise. Like the DC movies are are way more interesting style wise. I know they get a lot of hate and aren't you know they don't have the best writing team in the world. But even whoever is doing the art direction for those things like knows what they're doing. Um, and you just don't get that. Like, I think that, that the failure of the DC flicks generally at the box office and like huge success of the Marvel movies shows that most people don't give a rat's ass what a movie looks like. And they really just care about the acting and the characters, um, which is cool. But cinema as an art is basically the same place where it was in like the fifties, I would say. Like, unless you think of CGI as a major innovation, uh, it, there's, no, there's nothing much going on. I think on I'm gonna be way going more into like, like in the rain. huge blockbusters going forward. I want to like the. I mean, God, praying that uh, theaters open safely sometime soon and this fucking pandemic's over. But I really want to see like the Godzilla movie in a theater. I feel like you're right. Oh, like yeah, CGI yeah. kind of is kind of the, the, the only major innovation. To yeah, theaters. that makes a lot of sense because um, storytelling is vastly the same. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it's just not like, I think you can do, like, when I saw Doctor Strange, I was like, damn, okay, the CGI, this is actually the first thing I've seen in a while where the CGI is actually a draw. And the fact that the CGI is so good and it's being used in such a cool way um, is actually like, like, a, art, like an actual artistic, like, stylistic mm-hmm. uh, pull for this movie. And I rarely feel that, but it can obviously be done. Um, the fact is most of it is just way more about CGI, like realism or CGI. Yeah, like, let's, like, let's get like, like Barry Fisher to look like a young actually, person again or something. Like. Yeah. Let's fill the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I hard agree. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, do you feel, um, optimistic or have you seen any movies that have made you, hmm, what, what movies are you excited for? What directors are you excited about? <laughs> nothing the only guy the only guys who excite me are well my favorite filmmaker ever is working today is pta but he's so on his own path that he he might as well be like living on another planet he literally is doing whatever he wants and he somehow gets huge budget people like us make money or win oscars or not um yeah but like like a phantom thread cost i think 40 million to make and if you okay. Pearson Kale, if you guys haven't seen Phantom Thread, it's like one of my favorite yeah, movies. You guys should definitely check that one out. Um, but it came out like three years ago, and it was it, it got nominated for Oscars, so I guess you could say that it was a success for the studio. But it mm. didn't make a ton of money. Here, the box office was forty-seven point eight million on a budget of thirty-five million. Right. So, including marketing, it didn't make its money back. Um. I don't, and his new one oh, is yeah. supposed to be and in Be- Benny Safdie's in that. Um, Bradley Cooper. I know, I saw that. And Paul the Heim, someone from Heim, right? Yeah, it's going to be so sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the girl. He takes me to Harry Styles. I said PTA should make a movie with Harry Styles. What? I would be really dumb. 
Cool. I'm down for that. He's he's not bad. I like Harry Styles, but everything I've seen him in. But um, other than, yeah, is there anything Kalen and Pierce that you guys are interested in film wise? Because other than like we're talking about two filmmakers, you guys would love actually if you guys have seen Good Time uh, with Robert Pattinson, you'd love that film. But the guy who made that and this other guy, Paul Thomas Anderson, in my mind, are the only two interesting filmmakers. Working. Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, I of course Tarantino, Tarantino but like yeah, as far doing. as actual filmmakers, um, man, there's like absolutely nothing. The only thing I'm remotely interested in is the new Spider-Man film, <laughs> which is like. You know, yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah. I'll, I'll be I into that, like, like whatever. But into like, the Spider Verse, yeah, nothing else. Yeah, yeah, I think they are doing that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was good. Oh, I like I don't know. These I are just directors was, that I know. Uh, I feel like there's got to be a shit ton of, of really cool independent filmmakers making good stuff. I'm just like yep. thinking of what I've seen. Ari Aster, I think, is pretty cool. I like Hereditary a lot. <laughs> oh, I, I, I still want to see Parasite. To see those. Yeah, yeah, you said that, but I heard uh, good things from Dude, like fucking shit. everyone else. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't I say it's shit. Sure I would wrong. say that Patrick it's agrees a little with me, bit kinda. overrated. I think it's just like for a lot of people, it's like the first like uh, Asian film they've seen or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. The thing for me is, if I saw that movie, like if if. Nobody knew about that movie, and I saw it one I, day. Yeah. I would have forgotten it completely. I want to take back what I just said about it being the only Asian people people seen. I bet you a lot of people like it and have seen a lot of foreign films. I just I don't I don't really think it's that like I don't think it does anything new. I mean, it says something. It says interesting things about like class relations and stuff. But it, right, I it, no, it doesn't. I mean, it just yeah, says the class I guess. exists. Damn. I, doesn't say anything there's nothing that says it just it it, i mean it 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 it, uh illustrates the divisions of capitalism (laughs) i think Um, it taught it it shows you how good people and well-intentioned people um can still propagate conditions of of, uh, inequality like the the rich family isn't they're not bad people necessarily but i i couldn't i can't say that that's right I think Jordan Peele is doing that way more. I guess, yeah, maybe Jordan Peele is a filmmaker that I'm interested in because he's he's got himself a pretty good track record so far. Like, I think us is too bad. Yeah, I haven't. I I I agree with that. I agree that us is bad, but I I I think what you're saying that Parasite's doing IMO, uh, Jordan Peele did that and killed that twice. I mean, us. I thought it was yeah not great, but like the elite, it at least has that idea really deeply in it, and I think it communicates that pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. He's a filmmaker I'm interested yeah. in as like a writer mainly. I'm not it, there's not much else, go, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, Get Out was a great great genre script. Like I'd that's say one of the better screenplay. genre movies of yeah, the, you know, the past couple dope. decades. Yo, uh, yeah, like kind yeah. of unrelated question, but did Kanye and Kim divorce? But, um, did this really? Happen? Yeah, this. Damn, that's great. Yeah, what's up? Oh, it's official now. Yeah, that's they crazy. did, man. <laughs> it's yeah, actually, yeah. I'm uh, listening to a lot of people who are saying, "Yo, Kanye like better behave that's, himself yeah. and not like start talking shit about her and all his music." Like, apparently, a lot of people are concerned about that because, like. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is that people <laughs> are concerned about it, is that he has freaking like what is it, three kids with her, man? You know, you can't be doing that. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, you can't be. It's inappropriate. Like, bro, this dude, this guy's this guy was was rapping about like chicks and like yeah. He rapped, but this the, is the kind of unprecedented for Kanye because there's no other woman that he's had like children with. So like, we'll see if he like tightens up his behavior when it comes to this situation. But I I kind of agree with you that it's unlikely. Oh man, have you seen the movie Mandy? Dude, that that's Dude, when you that? gotta watch. I, this director I'm looking at right now, uh, Anos Cosmatos. He's only, he, yeah, he only has two movies. But oh, uh, Mandy, Cage? I thought it was it was great. It's super weird. It's super, uh, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. I'd be curious to see what you think of that. Oh, maybe uh, Alex Garland too. Even though most of Annihilation was garbage, the last like 20 minutes of that. Oh, I, I was like, like the best guy. shit I've ever seen. The last ten minutes, yeah, I would say the last. I, I, that was an amazing memory I have of you because yeah. I felt us both having the exact same experience of who the fuck took control yeah. of the camera at some random point in this movie and made it not terrible. And actually, like I think yeah. those last ten minutes, it literally like, might be like the best thing I've ever seen, I've seen in, in theaters. Like in, definitely, in the past while. Yeah. And also, sorry yeah, to bother me you. Too. Cool. It's definitely close. Boots Riley. What's the next film we should watch? Yeah, you? we should probably yeah, figure yeah, that I'd out. Yeah, so. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There's so much on. That's why, like, I kind of wanted to do this because Criterion Channel is just way too, uh, too like dense, and there's no algorithm, okay. so you can't. It doesn't recommend anything to you based on what you've that's seen. That's fine. So you kind of have to keep sifting through collections and stuff. Do you guys want to do like more than one movie? Because we kind of exhausted the conversation. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can watch. Like that we're many. able to watch that many. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I could watch more. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I think you know we did <laughs> a good 45 minutes there. I think that was pretty damn good, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that was yeah, good too. Yeah, an hour's not bad. And this is just cool. the first one of many, so it's like we'll we'll modify it and adjust it. Just wait to hear what the people <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's rabid we'll listener take base. Take from uh, our, our you know, our <laughs> I was clamoring for more content. Oh, first reformed. Right. More I'm just you looking through my letterbox content, right now. But that's Paul Schrader, who's been around forever, so I'm not really that that's excited like that. about Paul Schrader. <laughs> I didn't love first reformed. Yeah. I, I I haven't seen that's the only actually movie by him that he directed that I've seen. Yeah. Obviously I'm a huge fan of his scripts for Scorsese. Uh but I haven't seen like I haven't seen American Gigolo. I haven't seen he apparently made a movie called Um yeah, a bunch of these actually. Looking at them now. What? Mishima is apparently great. Ten it's like, a, it's like a ten-hour movie, I think. Ten. That was a huge deal. Well, that one I can't watch. I think so. If that if it's the one I'm talking, I'm thinking about. That's that sounds. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, it's just two hours. <laughs> yeah. But it's about it's about a real uh, guy named Yukio Mishima, and he was a um, he's an artist in Jap in Japan. And he tried to, to to overthrow the government with his group. He had, like, a huge group of followers. Um, yeah, okay, so he was the founder of the Tatunokai, an unarmed civilian militia. Um, 
And so he, okay, listen, on November 25th, 1970, Mishima and four members of his militia entered a military base in central Tokyo, took its commandant hostage, and tried to inspire the, J- the Japan self-defense forces to rise up and overthrow Japan's 1947 constitution, which he called the Constitution of Defeat. And was, oh. when his attempt failed, he committed yeah, seppuku. Yeah, it's a suicide. You guys know what Basically, when you take a knife, uh, you put it up to your, uh, just below your stomach or right by your bowel or whatever, and you basically stab yourself and then you turn the knife all Is that also Harakiri? And then you die. You bleed out. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, I mean, look at it. I, I probably butchered that explanation. Uh, yeah, it's cu- cu- cutting up the belly. Yeah, it's cutting the belly, essentially. No, that's. I think suicide. that's it. Like the most most painful. Yeah, man, yeah you, you have to stab yourself. You stab yourself, then you like cut yourself uh, across your stomach. <laughs> yeah. So, it's uh. <laughs> uh no, I'm imagining what cake. Did you find a picture of it? Here? It's scary. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, it's yeah, man, and they do that yeah, all the yeah. time. Yeah, it's really intense. But that's Robert a Eggers. Really which is kind of nuts. I already mentioned the lighthouse. These are really Robert. Um, oh, isn't yeah. that? Um, and uh, David Robert Mitchell. Oh man, I want to see the lighthouse so bad. It follows. Very good, great horror movie. And Under the Silver Lake, which is pretty oh, solid as well. Oh, I still want to see the Crown of Lot Forty Nine movie he did. Oh, yeah, we can discuss I, I yeah, yeah. Next. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys want to see? Uh, I feel like this should not be in the podcast. Yeah, no, this should not be in the podcast. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. This is so no, this dull. is all in the podcast. I disagree. <laughs> I'm way more interested. Well, no, real though, for real though. I, like, I'm way. I thought I, I'm way more interested in in us, like just random. Yeah, well, I think uh, than, I like, think this is a good first episode. Feel bad for people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through my letterbox yeah, now, and every time I, I see a movie that I liked, I'm like, oh yeah. I guess I could just sort it by like the movies that I liked. Francis Ha is cool, but that's like Noah Baumbach's only thing. Actually, like man, that. the Squid in the Whale. That's is great. like that's the only Noah Baumbach movie I don't really like. Squid in the Whale. American Stories. I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, I just said Noah Baumbach sucks, but I like a lot of his movies. <laughs> I like all his movies, but I still kind of think he sucks. Yeah, I like all his movies. Uh, Fran- well, I know what you mean because he's pretty yeah, predictable, but I think that's fine. I really like that. All right, guys, quickly, quickly. The worst movie you've ever seen in your entire life. Probably Go. Godzilla 2. <laughs> oh. Mine's a movie called uh, You Are Here. It's, it's a boring one because nobody's seen it, but I saw it at TIFF, and it's with Zach Galifianakis and Owen Wilson. And it was it, it was called I I think they changed the title because it got such bad press they didn't want to be like associated with it. But it, it was directed by Matthew Weiner who ran Mad Men. How about you, Patrick? And it's mm. easily the worst movie I've seen. It's not even close. Uh, worst movie ever. Like, nothing worse. Maybe like, like the like just the absolute Percy Jackson movie that they made. <laughs> I you know what I just oh, yeah. read that they're making a TV show of Percy Jackson. That's really? awesome. The first one. The Lightning Thief movie. I remember yeah, that yeah. was one of the most like this is not that bad, worst experience man. I ever I had seeing movies because I loved yeah, those books cute. so much. I love those that books and the butchered it. Really? I do actually hate kicking and screaming by no I Bonner, thought that was a cute uh, a lot. movie. I love the books too. Uh, 
I think it's fucking awful. It's like the worst college movie I've ever seen. Really? I hear it's good. Life. I haven't seen that. I cr- it makes me cringe the whole time. It's like it's almost like a parody of a pretentious really? college movie, it's except that sadly reviews, it eh? seems like it's being really serious about it. I don't know if that's actually ha- what what I I am so confused about yeah, that movie. That's it's interesting. Awful. You know what I? So he had that whole early period right before he made Squid and the Whale, where he made all these movies. That nobody saw. I, I don't know. Squid and the Whale, like, he took a five-year break and did Squid and the Whale, and the Whale, right? Yeah, so he did, he did, in 1995 and 97, he did Kicking and Screaming and a movie called Mr. Jealousy, uh, which is apparently very bad. And then, he, not till 2005, so eight years later, he did uh, The Squid and the Whale. Well, I'm glad that he... I don't know, and man. And then he started his career, basically. All I know... All I know is that the worst movie yeah. ever made, he did, he obviously, was Suicide Squad. <laughs> Let's not even. Let's not even pretend. I can't argue let's with that. Let's not even pretend. That movie, yeah, I still gotta see it's that. Not even one. a zero. It was like a negative, like five. So explain, five. like explain so to bad, the people, like... Mr. Cake. Uh dude, <laughs> the people. Ah, uh, you have that. Explain, that explain to the folks at home. Like, oh, you know, just like jumping around and shit. And Jared Letter is like, oh, and then like there's like this villain that's like, ah, I'm just some villain. And then it was like, oh. Was just, Only part like, of that movie like, I liked was honestly, I really like Will Smith's character, but. Yeah, he was in the redeeming yeah, part of that cool. film. It just, I cringed like every second of that film. I just couldn't contain myself. I saw it twice, too. I saw it twice in the uh, theaters and I hated it. Like, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, that is really Definitely wasn't sense. good. I think I, I honestly might have liked Batman versus Superman even less than that one, but yeah, <laughs> personally, Damn. but. I don't remember it enough. I like Man of Steel. I thought it was good. It just looked boring. Like, <laughs> really boring. Ben, you know what movie I hate? Yeah. American Psycho. What? what? Oh, wait. Actually. Basically. Yeah, actually. What? Oh, I want to see that movie. Oh no! You know what? Actually, legit might be the, we're all in DC hate. Worst movie I've ever seen might be the Joker. Like the, the other one doesn't. You are here doesn't really count because the movie made movies, me feel weird Joker, for like two or three days for some reason. Is honestly, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Well, yeah, I understand that. It it I it flows it worse yeah, than any movie I've ever seen in my life. Like it, yeah. it, the first act is most of the, the. I feel the like it did a good job, act. like expressing the themes it was trying to express. Like it made me uncomfortable, and I felt like that was what it was trying to do. Like I didn't think it was done poorly necessarily. I mean, it obviously wasn't done perfectly, but. Okay. Yeah. Here's why okay. in my IMO it was done extremely poorly. Is okay. The movie doesn't work without Walking Phoenix. Walking Phoenix is the movie, and he's doing fine. But the, the it, okay. First of all, he's not even a character. I am. I've said I am seven times, but he's really not a character as much as he's like he is mental illness. And it's not that I'm offended by it. It's just boring as hell. Like the first half hour of the movie, I couldn't even believe it was going on that long because it's it. All they're establishing is that he's mentally ill, and it takes them a half hour for some reason. 
And then when he starts killing people, it's just not even interesting by that point. I don't know. I, I just really, and I thought the style was terrible. I thought it was like, it wasn't even really trying to ape Scorsese. Like everybody said, it was actually just trying to be like, man, he kills dark, people in like that. A sixth grader thinks about like dark. I thought he was just a, no, I, I didn't even want to. I, I felt no. He does. Uh, Have you seen see it? it? I think I know what this movie is. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Yeah, he kills. Well, yeah, he basically <laughs> basically the idea is the Joker, yeah. like a petty criminal kind of. Um, but it's not like it's not like Taxi Driver where he like kills people as like, and that's his like trying to become a hero or trying to like express his discontent and stuff. It's more well, just they, like they were like basically people. picking on him. I guess it is like that, and, and then they just killed I don't know. Him. Yeah, I they, they like did it, and the Joker was done in a way where. Yeah. But that, yeah. so okay, Patrick, that's okay. what it is. It's a movie about a guy killing people. That's bullies. actually 100%. That's what, basically accurate. what it is. It's not, <laughs> that's pretty much it. What it it's is. not yeah, taxi it's basically what the like, film It's not was. even the same thing. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I, I don't really feel bad about not seeing it. Yeah. From, from everything uh, I heard, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it just kind of happened, too. Like, there was no buildup. Like, when he killed people, like, it just happened like everything else in the movie just happened. Like things just happened. It just kept going on like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's kinda how that be. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Happy well to good be here. first episode, guys. That was fun. Yeah, man. Um Dope. All right, so I'll edit that like now. And then I guess I'll put it out. Oh. Um and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then we'll try to yeah. get it next week. I, I'll, I don't know. I'll think about the movie. I, I want to do a movie yeah. that I haven't seen, um, and that you guys haven't seen. So, like, I kind of wanted to do Doctor yeah. Strange Love because I think that movie's amazing. I think you guys will love it. Um, I think it's my favorite Kubrick movie. Uh, but yeah, but we've both seen it. I'd rather do something I haven't seen. Really, that's that's a really cool answer. Um, it's up. It doesn't be too yeah, long. All right. Well, and it might not. How long does it take you to edit this? I, well, I guess you haven't done it before, but. Um, all right. Nice. <laughs> I mean, every all of it was. Gold, I probably won't. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what, what you could cut out if you cool. tried. <laughs> That's all right. Everyone hates us by now, anyways. So it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Like, uh, all right, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk to you guys later. Peace you can out. Cut out my racial Peace. slurs. All right, guys. See you later. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We're uh, Shadows, a Criterion Channel podcast. Our theme music is Forlorn City by D.N. Key. And we'll be back here every week with a new Criterion Channel movie. So keep listening. Thank you.